chapter eight of the house of mystery by richard marsh this librivox recording is in the public domain the way to the door well you see it has come to this the elder woman did not at once reply she stood listening to the trio receding along the corridor her face averted the sound of the countess's croaking became fainter and fainter when she deemed it prudent and that neither of the three was likely to return she closed the door then she turned to madeline who repeated what she had previously said you see it has come to this the girl's face was set and stern she stood upright her head a little back her hands close to her sides in the attitude of one who stands at bay there was an expression in her eyes which the other had not seen in them before a something almost threatening on mrs singleton's countenance on the contrary there was a look of terror desperation almost of despair the cheeks seemed to have fallen in the wrinkles were accentuated she was older haggarder her voice was slightly husky but i don't understand how did it happen because you brought me here to act the lie so it happened but my dear she put her hand up to her brow wearily it's beyond all thinking how came you to commit yourself in such a fashion with the earl i wonder i could kill myself and you when i think of it i'd rather have died a thousand deaths than you had brought me to this shame it is as though you had set yourself to wreck me body and soul she spoke with a quietness which lent her words more weight than clamour could have done they seemed to cut her listener to the heart mrs singleton began to wring her hands my dear my dear you must not talk like that i did it for the best the best for you for me or for whom did you stop to think of the ordeal to which you were subjecting me or did you think it didn't matter in dragging me from the streets into a palace to be wooed by such a man my dear i never dreamt he'd woo you it passes my comprehension how it all has come about it's so unlike the earl he and miss maud are always at arm's length you forget that i am not miss maud mrs singleton sighed on my word i'm almost beginning to wish you were it'd help clear away a maze of troubles the earl seems to get on with you so much better than with her is that meant for a reproach my dear how quick you are nothing was further from my mind but come it's no use for you and i to talk to each other in this way what's done's done you'll find that a way will be shown us and whatever comes you'll have no cause to regret the part you've played of that i'm sure i only hope and pray 
that when miss maud does return she'll make herself as agreeable to them all as you have done as i have done the girl's tone rang with bitter self-contempt you have done more to win their hearts in a few hours than miss maud in all her life you talk nonsense well my dear if you choose to think so why then you must i am expecting to have news from singleton every minute god grant it may be good news i tremble to think of what that wrong-headed child in her folly may have done it's so cruel and yet so like her to have gone away god alone knows where without a word of any sort to me when the old lady had gone in search of the food of which the girl was standing very heartily in need madeline began an instant examination of the walls her first thought was to discover maud or to communicate with her somehow in her hiding-place exactly where or how she had vanished she had not a notion she tried to think she herself had been beside the curtain she placed herself in her former position then the lights went out and when they reappeared maud had gone she felt sure that she had disappeared on the same side of the room on which she had herself been standing on the left it was on that side right up at the other end maud had first appeared she examined it closely not a hint could she discover of any hidden entrance the wall behind the gorgeous hangings was of wood carved in wondrous arabesques it seemed a sin to screen it amid such a profusion of bewildering design in a hundred places a spring might be concealed it might take years to find it and then an indefinite period to discover how to put it into motion even supposing that the way to the secret chamber was through the wall which she had no reason to suppose madeline recognized that she might as well look for the needle in the haystack as seek to find it out and yet how she longed to speak to her to pour out her heart to her to tell her of the plight in which she stood to appeal to her to help her out of the morass in which her feet were sinking she felt that if she could only reach that beautiful and brilliant creature whom god in his inscrutable wisdom had made so marvellously in her own image her glorified self that all would yet be well and the complications and difficulties which encompassed her weighing her down would vanish as by the touch of a magician's wand if she could only manage to let her hear her voice how did she know how close she was she might be quite possibly she was within a hand's breadth a well-directed whisper might reach her ears she started to try placing her lips against the wall beginning with the very faintest whisper maud 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 it is i madeline maud speak to me if maud heard she gave no sign the girl moving further along the wall tried again she shifted from place to place and tried at each then when her whispers remained unnoticed she raised her voice higher and higher maud maud speak to me maud she cried in vain there was none that answered the wall sounded solid wherever she struck it with her fist seeming to throw her voice straight back at her but she did not relinquish her efforts until mrs singleton reappeared bearing food with her 
own hands the girl ate heartily urged thereto by unromantic hunger it was the first good meal she had had she did not know since when for days she had been without the means with which to buy herself a plate of meat the good food in the wine which mrs singleton pressed upon her had on her unaccustomed frame a somnolent effect very soon she herself knew scarcely how it came about she was lying like some tired child between the sheets of maud dorincourt's bed this in a material sense was the strangest experience of all her bedroom was a tiny garret her bed a mattress laid upon the floor her bedclothes just whatever she could find to cover her and now she lay on what seemed to her a bed of down poised in the air so that it yielded caressingly to every movement of her dainty limbs between sheets of gossamer fineness which it was a luxury to feel against her silken skin she realized these things with a sigh of perfect satisfaction yet with a half-conscious curious conviction that this was only as it ought to be that they were hers by right as if this was the inheritance to which she had been born and from which she had been kept out unto this hour but though her couch was soft she could not sleep indeed as soon as she was snug and comfortable sleep went farther and farther from her in the darkness the events of the day with their amazing kaleidoscopic transmutations passed before her eyes like ghosts that haunted her and before and beyond and above all else she saw one face a man's not handsome square and serious dark-skinned with a sad mouth and yet with something strong and tender about it too dark eyes which looked into hers with a meaning which she longed to yet dared not understand it was the face of conrad earl of staines as she thought of the passages she had had with him she went all hot and cold and alone there in the darkness though she was she put up her hands to hide her face what was the matter with her had she gone stark mad in the course of a single day had the man cast on her a spell that she should quiver as she was quivering now merely at the thought of him and he as far above her and as much beyond her reach as the stars in the sky she must have lost her senses she told herself or she would not recall with such rapturous delight the pressure of his lips to hers she would not thrill with ecstasy at the recollection of how he had held her in his arms he had told her that he loved her had addressed her in terms of tenderness burning tears of rapture welled up into her happy eyes but at the thought of it she burst into a flame of passion he had done these things to her because he mistook her for another yes the thing was true the shame of it he had embraced and fondled her under a complete misapprehension what a hideous what a contemptible what a degraded creature she had been to have allowed him to shower his caresses upon one woman supposing her to be another she did not see the humour of the thing at all she was in no mood to perceive the ridiculous even though it struck her in the face the only thing she saw was the shame of it the shame when he came to hear the truth what would he not think of her the horror of the thought the endearments which he had lavished upon her had been intended for maud dorincourt she sat up in bed stretched out her arms in front of her clenched her fists pressed her teeth together 
and hated the girl for whom she had been mistaken she herself was she not as good fresh from the work-room trained in necessity's hard school inured to poverty accustomed to eat what she herself had earned and paid for always on the border line which divides the continually starving from the often hungry what was she the worse had she ever done aught of which she had righteous cause to be ashamed had she ever dabbled even the tips of her fingers in the waters of ignominy in which so many women in her position were wont to plunge never she was as true as sweet as pure as any woman of them all who had been cradled in satin and clad in shining raiment as beautiful eye and as queenly had they themselves not said unwittingly that she was an improvement on the absent maud more feminine fitter to sit in the seats of the highest and he had he not dilated on the change of for the better which had taken place in her about that his love had been new-born with her she shook as with the palsy again she covered her face with her hands what use this rhodomontade this quibbling with facts this confusing of clear issues the plain truth was she was an impostor she got out of bed a confused world of unreasoning febrile frenzied jealousy self-loathing shame falling on her knees pillowing her face on the silken coverlet she broke into a torrent of prayer to god telling him all the tale bringing it all to him revelling in that fullness of confession in which so many overburdened women have found the way to peace she threw herself upon his mercy besought his guidance entreating him to point out certainly surely the path she ought to tread in that moment of cerebral exultation it seemed to her that her prayer was heard and answered presently she stood up calmer if not more contented her resolution was arrived at she turned on the electric light glanced round the room went to a mirror looking at herself in the great sheet of silver glass blushing with half-shamed consciousness that she made a picture well worth looking at she had noted where mrs singleton had placed her clothes and found them neatly arranged in a corner of a huge wardrobe in which there was a bewildering array of lovely garments she cast on these a lingering glance probably there was not one there which had not cost more than she could earn in a year and there were dozens her own clothes were poor they looked poorer still in comparison her stockings originally common enough had been darned and darned again the cheap shapeless boots had been patched already they needed further cobbling and her linen as she thought of the radiant products of the finest looms which had clothed her limbs that day she bit her lips and seemed to shrivel up and to become a smaller and a smaller thing as she put herself into the coarse discoloured time-worn trumpery which was all that she could call her own attired in her shabby old black frock her faded jacket her hardly used hat and her apologies for gloves she recognized with sudden overwhelming force how out of place she was in that great room what an intruder in that habitation of the rich suppose he could see her now costumed as she was wont to be god help her if he did she told herself with perhaps not unnatural exaggeration that he would take her for some scouring of the streets she closed her eyes and shuddered she had all that was her own and all that was not her own she had left behind her adventure was at an end her day as caliph finished it would be as something to look back upon a reminiscence never to be forgotten so that she might be no worse off for it after all be philosophical my dear she told herself unconsciously parodying 
the frenchman the monotony of your days has been not unpleasantly disturbed when you're back in your own life to-morrow you'll know that you have cause for gratitude such adventures as these come seldom even to the adventurous and it's little enough of the adventurous spirit that's in you she switched off the light and groping her way to the door peered out into the corridor beyond how dark it is i've no notion whereabouts in the house i am or in which direction there's a door which leads into the street providence must guide me i'll try this side for luck she turned to the right keeping her hand against the wall as she went so that she might at least be prepared to some extent for sudden turns she had gone round it seemed to her two quarters and had reached a third when a clock clanged through the night it chimed the four quarters and then struck one one o'clock only i thought it was later perhaps everybody hasn't gone to bed yet i believe that in these sort of houses people stop up half the night the thought stayed her the risk of encountering some wide-awake inmate of the mansion was one she had not bargained for and yet she perceived that at the hour the thing was even probable what should she do go back and wait till the night was older she turned intending to retrace her steps and instantly realized that this was impossible she was no more able to find the room she had left than the street door she was in search of the darkness which surrounded her was like a wall on every side already she was beginning to be in doubt whether the apartment she had quitted was behind or in front this is a pleasant situation egyptian darkness everywhere and not the faintest notion where i am she groped her way onward she knew not whither pulling up just in time to prevent herself going head foremost down a flight of steps she felt her way carefully down them to find there were but four that's one thing certain i never went up those steps so i must be going out a different way to the one i came she reached a point at which as she could feel by stretching out her hands the corridor branched out to the right and left on a sudden a light gleamed on her right she could hear the sound of muffled footsteps in an instant she was flying along the passage to her left the light was coming after her she could hear the footsteps advancing from the back was she being followed she did not pause to think she was passing a door without staying to consider what might be inside turning the handle she rushed within closing the door behind her she stood listening with beating heart suddenly becoming conscious that she had passed from scylla to charybdis she was in the music-room a lamp was lit in the organ gallery faint notes were stealing from the instrument the musician was holding nocturnal communion with his art so softly were his fingers straying over the keys that her entry even at the further end of the apartment had diverted his attention his quick ear had caught the opening and shutting of the door ceasing to play rising from the keyboard he advanced towards the edge of the gallery madeline could see his figure clearly outlined against the lamp at his back he listened for a moment in silence who's there he asked as the silence remained unbroken the accent was a foreigner's who is that down there who opened the door he leant over the gallery as if endeavouring to pierce with his eyes the mist of the blackness madeline drew herself up close against the door straining her faculties to detect the passing of the belated wanderer who bore a light bianchi finding his inquiry unheeded became impatient who is it there i heard you come in you have not gone out again is it a game you play with me there was none that replied you will not answer me good i will come down and see who you are he passed from before the light madeline could see him moving towards where she knew the staircase was he began to descend towards her at that moment she faintly caught the sound of footsteps passing the door without 
the midnight wanderer was going by behind she could hear bianchi making the best of his way towards her through the darkness grumbling as he came she waited as long as she dared until at least she hoped the cause of her alarm had passed out of sight and hearing then she opened the door as quietly as she could but the musician was quicker than she thought and nearer her action was instantly detected ah you are still there he came rushing towards her with a cry she was through the door only just in time to shut it in his face with something of a bang she flew along the passage on the right in the contrary direction to that taken by the bladed straggler hardly had she taken half a dozen steps before bianchi was after her the chase was a short one all madeline's faculties were centred in the desire to escape she did not stop to think of the obstacles which must be avoided of the care which was requisite to guide her steps through the unknown darkness she just rushed on and had not gone far before she came signally to grief dashing against one step and falling up the others possibly it was the same short flight which she had recently descended the shock was considerable she was not a little shaken before she could regain her equilibrium bianchi was up on her ah you have stopped good now we shall see who you are you wear a skirt so you are a woman i thought it was a woman by the way you ran a light will show us perhaps a little more taking a box from his pocket he struck a vesta madeline too shaken panting confused to make a further attempt to escape him she turned her head away moved by a sudden impulse stretching out her arm she struck the match from his fingers it went out as it reached the floor he clutched her by the sleeve of her jacket what did you do that for you think i have no more you are mistaken this box of mine is full do not do that again or you will be sorry he struck another giving a startled exclamation as it broke into flame maud it is you is it possible my god in his excitement the second match went out he did not attempt immediately to light another but burst instead into a torrent of ejaculations maud my loved one what is it you would do what is it has come to you why do you treat me in such a way is it that you would drive me to despair compel me to do that which i should eternally regret these two days i have seen and heard nothing of you not a word not a sign you give me no warning that you would not come as you have been used to come not a syllable i eat out my heart in vain this afternoon you scorn my poor little flower you treat me with contempt and then you jump over the gallery as if i had pushed you and frightened me out of my life maud speak to me what have i done that i should deserve from you such treatment you know that the words of your lips are the light of my days do not deny them to me my beloved he put his hands about her arm as if he would draw her towards him a disposition which she resented do not touch me take your hands away maud how can you be so hard so cold so cruel if you could see what this moment is in my heart for you do you hear me remove your hand if you don't i shall make you you will make me for response giving herself a sudden twist she placed her hand against whatever part of him she could reach and pushed him from her he remained for a second silent apparently surprised at the treatment which he had received when he spoke his tone had passed from impassioned entreaty to acrid bitterness so it is to be that way very good it is as well that i should understand it is what i wish to understand perhaps another match may give us light upon the matter he struck another again holding it in the air she could see that his face was distorted by passion that his great black eyes suggested storm he commented on what he supposed to be the singularity of her appearance what is it that this means whose clothes have you got on 
is it a masquerade to which you go or is it another little romance which you have on hand why at this time of night do you wear a hat and coat and is it from a servant you have borrowed them his words stung more even than he had intended and in an unsuspected sense already more than sufficiently conscious of the figure which she cut she resented his outspoken comments with unwonted heat she stood up straight her head went back her eyes flashed fire how dare you speak to me like that how dare you speak to me at all he laughed mockingly how dare i that is good such a question and from you i've dared to do more than that before much more and at your invitation and i will dare to do much more again oh yes i beg you will not doubt it he lighted another match at the one which was expiring coming closer to her so that he might regard her to more advantage his tone and manner were intentionally insolent do you know my beautiful that in that costume for a masquerade you look as if you were a woman out of the street is that the meaning eh for the second time madeline struck the match out of his hand he rushed at her with execrations she eluded him by springing up the stairs which were at her back he eagerly after her at the top she paused and turned throwing out her arms in front of her she caught him full in the face and exerting all her strength hurled him backwards towards the foot down he went with a crash to the bottom without stopping to make inquiries into any injuries which he might quite possibly have received whirling round on her heels she flew for her life it was an insensate flight she went crashing into a wall which was at the end of the passage and spinning confusedly round the corner cannoned against someone whose approach had gone unnoticed had it not been for this someone's presence of mind she would have gone headlong to the ground as it was the newcomer just managed to keep her on her feet dear life exclaimed a laughing voice who flies like an arrow from a bow against a wall can it be it can't be yet it must be madeline is this you yes groaned madeline what's left of me she had blundered into maud dorincourt's arms End of chapter eight